everybody. Welcome back to Chasing the Gotcha. We're here with James Canali. Thank you, James, for being here today. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. thanks, Bubba. Cool. Uh, so we'll jump right in the first question. So uh, what do you do in the coffee industry? What's coffee background? So currently, I'll, I'll go backwards. How about that? So currently, I am a store manager in Aurora, Colorado for Starbucks and with the company operated side. And I've done that since August 2020, October 2020. And prior to that, I was a manager, project manager of training and one of the managers at the Seattle Roastery uh, 20,000 square foot cafe in Capitol Hill in Seattle. Mm. And That's I, one, it was yeah. one of the funnest things I've ever done. And then prior to that, LA as a barista, supervisor, trainer, um, developing towards a manager. And then uh, my, my start started in Denver with Starbucks as a barista and supervisor. And before that, in high school, my first job, real job, was at the Breadboard Bakery and Cafe. And we served Lavazza coffee. And I started Ooh. as a dishwasher there, and I graduated to Panini Grill. We def I did not know how to pull a shot, and I don't know how many people did. We it was gnarly coffee, and I was pulling gnarly shots, and I knew nothing about. That was the first place I learned espresso and cappuccino and all of that. But uh, it was a cool shop. A lot of me and my friends worked there, and um, so I, that was 16, 17 years old. So I've really been in coffee since then. In and out a little bit. It's a pretty extensive coffee career, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, it's funny that reminds me of my first job at, at Stanford. The same thing. They didn't really teach you how to do stuff, but you're pretty proud because you're making these coffees, you're making these drinks for people. <laughs> people are happy. You're like, okay, cool. It's not until you get yeah. down the road that you realize, okay, well, yeah, maybe I can, I can enhance what I do by and changing this. And it was twenty two thousand and I think four, five, six was the breadboards. Oh wow. And then Starbucks was twenty thirteen till now, and so. Yeah, it was it was a trip. Quality was history, different yeah. back then. Yep. Uh, so, uh, in regards to the gotcha, what's your personal definition of uh, of a gotcha? So, to me, a gotcha would be in the most inspirational form would be something that transports you to another mm. place or to an ecstatic place, and and it's absolute delight. And 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 then I would build on that and say it's delightful for almost anyone who can approach it. So I would say mm. my mom could delight in it. And I would say that's where it gets more into like the uh, objective kind of points of what makes that gotcha. I think it's there's a beauty Very to it that's hard to ignore if, you know, for, for you don't have to be part of the club to enjoy it. I think gotchas usually can pass through, pass through that. And I want to add this in because I think it's really important when it comes to the gotcha is that there's a gotcha in each food category. So mm. when I moved from Seattle at the Roastery to Denver, a lot of that was for work-life balance. And I'm on this five-acre property where I volunteer time. And one of the things I did was pitch this idea of a community garden. Now, I didn't have a huge background in gardening. So as I grew this, it was all very new and very fresh. But as I grew it and it started growing, and that was not this summer, but last summer was the first year, I have, no kidding, four-foot charred, uh, countless tomatoes. I think I had over like 40 tomato jars and I have some here. I got my pumpkins. I pulled oh, that's in. A big this is tomato, my last dude. harvest. So this is the end. <laughs> Whoa. This is just before the freeze. That's crazy. A little, a little pineapple or pineapple, a watermelon. And so I started tasting that stuff. And so the chard, the four foot monster chard, 
I just eat the stalks and the stalks would go from like, you know, you eat stalks of chard or you just cut them off and, and throw them away from the store, even Whole Foods, because they just don't have a lot of flavor. Mm. They're pretty if it's rainbow chard, but this would have like 25 points of flavor. Then the chard itself would have this umami flavor and the tomatoes would go from like the best tomato you could find at even California food shop from farms or, or Whole Foods would say like, okay, that's a good tomato, it's juicy, it, it has a lot of qualities I like. So the garden tomatoes would be like 100 points of flavor and each one, oh, some would taste like cheddar, some would just be the most crazy dimensions of juiciness or body or umami. And and that went down the road. I mean, from the pickles we made to the squash to the even the dill and the fennel. And these are things I don't usually like, but through the garden, and through this homegrown and just how much care we took and the love we poured into it, the flavors were transporting. Um, this year we made a ratatouille, me and my mom, from all of the like squashes and zucchinis and, and, Man, we, and we watched insane, the movie and, and it just was this process of like the most fresh, most delightful healing. I mean, healing and health is in the food and I think when it comes to specialty coffee, we need to be thinking more about a specialty experience. and. And I know we talked a little bit about yours in upstate New York, and I just think there is dimensions and products of stuff worth exploring that are godshots in themselves. And I think that is just as much when you're on a journey to chase a godshot of coffee, we should go on a journey to taste godshots of just life. And um, the really gardening was yeah. was a big introduction to that and kind of a worldview changer. Do you, do you remember your first godshot experience? So first godshot. I would say it built, so I would say there was Ethiopian Reserve Starbucks coffees that I had where I tasted blueberry, and I was like, this is the coolest thing mm -hmm. ever. I would not call that a god shot, but I would say that was like the gateway to like pursue it. Then I, as I was pursuing Coffee Master program within Starbucks and the Barista Championship, I was tasting a lot of coffee, getting into the coffee industry, dorking out, nerding out, listening to the Cat and Cloud podcast. Mm. And I tasted a coffee from them from Latin America that hopefully I can remember what the name of the producer was, but it tasted like vanilla and almonds and it was just pristine and I couldn't brew it bad. I didn't know how to brew. I don't know if I had a scale. I don't think I even had a scale and I was just brewing it at home, making it for myself and it was perfect. It was just beautiful. And I would say that was like touching the God shot. And then I'm in Seattle years later. I hand this gentleman a whiskey uh, barrel-aged cold brew that we made there. And so I gave him it. It was Mark. I think his last name is Michelson. He was the roaster for Onyx. And I think he won Ooh, that Onyx year. Coffee Lab. His whole team killed it that year, whatever, 2016 or 15 or something. They all killed it at the SCA in Seattle. I didn't know who he was. I, I didn't really care who he was in some ways, but... He came up, I, I had an extra one, I gave it to him for free, and he was really Im just impressed and enjoyed my service to him at the experience bar there, and gave me this bag of, came back and gave me this bag of coffee. Oh, wow. Big bag of coffee, it was this competition coffee. And really? it was this honey processed geisha, I don't remember oh. the producer, oh. and I made it, again, I made it by myself, barely being introduced to how to control variables and making it at home, and I at least had a good grinder but it made my grinder taste like candied flowers for like months. That's it, like the smell of dust. it was a godshot. Wow. It was the only true full godshot I could say like that was the godshot and the others were just right by it. And it, candied flowers is how I describe it. it. It was beautiful. It was perfect acidity. 
I could brew it any which way. Every part of it was amazing. I was transported in love. And then it came from an amazing guy who was very kind. And then just watching his team present it, like clearly the coffee was was infamous. And here I am, just like this lowly like Starbucks <laughs> barista, and he hands it to me. I mean, it's really cool. I mean, it just shows the kindness of that company and him. Um, and then the last one was kind of a step down from that, but I'm at Maxwell Mooney Shop Narrative Coffee in mm. Everett, um, where mm. Sergey works too. Yeah, yeah. And they had, ooh, I don't know if I remember what he was serving. I think it was Penstock, and Pacamara might have been the varietal. I wrote some notes. Penstock, no, it was an Ethiopian Guji. And that one, that one was in the tasting notes. Was like candy. It had like jasmine. Oh, you remember like a lot of that too. too. That's pretty cool. Pulled the he pulled the shot, and then I bought the bag, and it was just very impressive. And again, right there, I call them the archangels next to the god shop. That's so which, crazy, uh, man. Onyx that is that is a crazy trade that you made at Starbucks. Like super random. <laughs> like didn't mean to. I yeah. just had an extra coffee. Dropped I was going to throw it out. Gave it to him him and his friends sat down and and i just talked to them for a while and they enjoyed it and then i was volunteering my first year at the competition and saw him and then obviously everyone competing and i was like oh look That's there's that nice yeah. guy <laughs> oh, funny so did, did that experience change your career or like path journey and like so coffee i think the beginning ones actually had more effect so the hmm. ethiopian coffee back in la that where i'm tasting the reserve coffee the latin american coffee like that was like oh my god there's a world here that is beautiful and wonderful and mm. i was not planning on a career in coffee industry but tasting that stuff and getting my first siphon coffee from little demitas in la it was like a californian geisha like all of that kind of started accumulating into this there is more in this world mm -hmm. than i thought and my other opportunities didn't work out this coffee thing is and i think i could make a career here and that did lead me the competitions through Starbucks to the barista comps led me to explore what the Starbucks roastery was and then being surrounded Starbucks roastery baristas at the time I was there too were very much involved in the BGA and the kind of indie special there was a very cohesive group even though there's always a little animosity towards Starbucks there it was pretty friendly and there was a lot of great hearts and great leaders in the independent shops mm. and world that kind of brought us along too in their competitions and community events and so that kind of led me to a place that then blossomed into feeling like i was part of the industry that's like, like an accidental god shot that's that's a trip like but at the same time you're kind of driven in that area yeah over time I think what's interesting is the preparation for the god shots like really all three of them were me making it at home and it wasn't until the last one that i really knew how to even brew coffee <laughs> coffee maybe, maybe you, you know? should compete <laughs> after all i don't know like got the magic touch That's funny. i guess i guess i mean i just delighted in it so much and i think i think that that's something to just be said like i still delight in coffee but um, that's, yeah. that's a cool, solid first and second experience, you know. Uh, so yeah. I guess keeping that in mind, do you, do you have any recommendations? Do you know of any like roasters or coffee shops that people may be able to find like their next God shop potentially? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll just go from the places I've lived. So when I lived in L.A., Intelligentia was – let's hold the, the book up. I, I'm packing up my house, but oh, I yep. just saw before we started talking, the God in a Cup. Yeah. Um, 
Intelligentia was like just past this probably by like, I mean, it was 2014, but them in LA, if you're like completely uninitiated, was the coolest thing. Go get them, yep. Tiger, Verve. Those places were the really cool back then because they were also rare and just doing it at such a high level and had loud voices to impact, um, I think, the industry and the culture of coffee. And so that those were places that I think were fun. I, did, I didn't explore a ton in LA because I was so new to it. Uh, little Demitas, I think is what it's called in Little Tokyo in LA, I think was funky because they did siphons and siphon is such a beautiful presentation yeah. of a coffee. Um, Seattle, man, there was so much. Um, getting going to the Starbucks roastery, I think, is a must just to be delighted and surrounded by the atmosphere, so the environment, stimulus yeah. and food, and get a coffee cocktail at the bar and try a princey shot, which is super dark but really I've good. Never and heard then, of that. Uh, you know, they they're gonna have some fun origins too, and I think great storytelling. Uh, but you're going to be able to find a million shops in, in Seattle. Uh, in Averett, though, Narrative Coffee is, I think, my favorite of them all. And uh, I'll probably remember a dozen more after It's cool. The, the yeah, I know. But, Narrative's for sure on my list to go check out. They're talking yeah. to uh, Serge. Um, and, 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 they, and they do great everything. I mean, the food was fun. You know, they take care of a lot of different details that I think make it a really fun experience. Cool. Yeah, and so I guess the last question would be, uh, where can people find you if they want to get a hold of you, get more information? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at ecstatic underscore, underscore expression and inside out barista are the two different kind of channels I have. And yeah, you can reach out in any form and I'm open to talking and Facebook, whatever. Cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah, thanks again for taking the time to kind of chat. Uh, it's really interesting and awesome story. Um, and for those who are watching, uh, I will make sure that the information uh, that we talked about today is in the description for you. And yeah, uh, thanks for coming. Have a good day, James. Thank you again. Yes, absolutely. Cool. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.